Hello, everyone. Welcome to China Money Podcast. I'm your host Nina Xiang. Welcome to this week of China VC Tech News Roundup for the week of June 18th to 22nd. It's Friday afternoon in Hong Kong, and it has it has been very dark, and it's been raining, cats and dogs.、Um, but、um, this week has been pretty busy with、um, some big news,、uh, big um, uh, VC rounds, and one sector that stand out is the education sector. We had. One Chinese K twelve online education platform called VIP Kid that raised five hundred million US dollars in the Series D plus round, led by hedge fund Kuto Management, Tencent, Sequoia Capital China, and Yunfeng Capital. The company after this round is valued at twenty million RMB or about three billion US dollars. So, this, of course, is one of、uh, around 140 unicorns in China that we track at China Money Network. This company, obviously,、um, uh, perhaps is already starting to look at options of IPO, and currently, it's still a great window for IPO. So. Should expect some action from this company in terms of、uh, moving for moving closer to an exit. The company was founded in 2013.、Uh, its focus of business is to provide one-on-one video teaching sessions for Chinese children between five to twelve years old, with、uh, English English language teachers based in North America. It has more than forty thousand North American teachers on its platform, and serves over three hundred thousand paid students from thirty-five regions and countries. This company is not only operating in China, of course. And before this round, VIP Kid raised two hundred million U.S. dollar in the Series D round in August two thousand seventeen, led by Sequoia Capital China. With participation from Tencent, Matrix Partners China, Yunfeng Capital, and Zhen Fund, and before that, the company raised 100 million Series C round from Yunfeng Capital in 2016, and in 2015, it raised 20 million Series B round from Northern Light Venture Capital. It's a very interesting round. I mean, very interesting history if you look look at the company back in 2015, 2016, 2017. And 2018, each year it has raised a financing round, increasingly bigger round, 20 million to 100 million, and then to 200 million, and then now to 500 million, and now and next an IPO unexpectedly. I mean, expectedly. So、um, it's really interesting to see how these companies, these type of companies, are growing so rapidly in China, and. It's also interesting. I was talking with a friend who is a parent, and、uh, who who said she prefers、uh, English language teachers in North America over other regions. So、um, there 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 are a number of other companies similar to VIP Kids that、uh, provide、uh, video one on one、uh, teaching sessions between. 
teachers based overseas and uh, students in China uh, or elsewhere. And the North American teachers are always preferred by Chinese parents, I find. So, um, and and uh, some other company, because of their teachers are not from North America, uh, some parents turn away from from uh, from that platform, trying uh, in preference to to North American teachers. Um, just shows you the dominance of in terms of culture and language of uh, the United States uh, here in Asia and in China. Um, but this past week, uh, uh, this past week, I've seen about four financing rounds in education, online education sectors in China. Uh, the other two, uh, the other three deals include a 25 uh, million RMB pre-A round in an online platform that's streaming courses for all subjects in primary schools and high school called Weike Zhijia, uh, led by an investor uh, that's a strategic investor called All-in-One Education Group. Another company uh, is called Huohua Siwei. It's an online math educational platform. It raised 20 million U.S. dollars in the Series B Plus round, also led by Sequoia Capital China. Uh, another company, Landy English, focused on English language um, programs, raised 80.4 million U.S. dollars in the Series C round from investors that's not disclosed. So altogether, we have uh, four VCDUs this week in the online education sector, raising a total of 604 million U.S. dollars. This really shows you the kind of um, emphasis Chinese parents place on education for their children. And of course, the opening uh, of the policy in terms of how many numbers of children you can have in China is providing favorable demographic backdrop for the education sector. Uh, uh, HBC, HSBC survey conducted in 15 countries and regions found that Chinese parents spend about 42,892 US dollars on education. They're ranked six worldwide following parents in Hong Kong, UAE, Singapore, US, and Taiwan. This is, of course, you know, on the basis of China having a much, much lower GDP per capita and income per capita versus that of Hong Kong, UAE, Singapore, and US. So that just shows you the extent of how parents are, are, are spending most amount of money on education um, uh, in terms of their household spendings. Uh, that's discretionary. Um, and also for for the demographic changes in 2015, China ended its one-child policy and allowed parents to have two children. China expects its total fertility rate to, re- to rise to 1.8 in 2020 from 1.55 in 2015 and expects its population to grow to 1.42 billion and 1.45 billion in 2020 and 2030 respectively. So definitely more children and more children that needs to be educated. And for the China 
K-12 educational market, it has grew 52% to around 30 billion RMB in market size in 2017. From 2013 to 2016, the market maintained a growth rate of more than 30% annually. China's K-12 market had 183 million students in 2016, and the number is expected to grow further, of course. So that's the thing with China. When you come to population, the size is just mind-blowing. And, of course, there will be more opportunities in the, in the education market. And, of course, we'll be tracking those for you. Now, next, let's go to the AI market. Just today, we learned that San Francisco-based service uh, retail service robot maker Bosa Nova raised a 29 million round led by Kota Capital and joined by investors including China Walden Ventures, LG Electronics, and others. With the new funding, Bosa Nova's total funding it raised from investors have, has reached about 70 million U.S. dollars. Bosa Nova's business is very interesting. It creates service robots for the global retail industry. Its technology collects terabytes of data that enables the retail ecosystem to optimize the omnichannel shopping experience. With a multidisciplinary uh, disciplinary team of ro- robotics, computer vision, artificial intelligence, and big data scientists, Bosa Nova has solved the challenges to deploy fully autonomous service robots in busy and crowded environment. So we have a picture on www.chinamoneynetwork.com where you can see a sample of Bosa Nova's robot. It looks like a round um, thing on the bottom and then on the back there is a huge screen that's really tall. Uh, users can interact with the screen. Perhaps if you see something in the store you want to buy, simply place an order on the screen and then have it delivered to your home. Uh, therefore, you don't have to carry it. You don't have to go to the cashier. You don't have to do anything. Just place order and then you're done and your products will be sent over to your doorstep. Of course, in China, Alibaba has been doing this with its omnichannel retail strategy with all its expansion of Herma supermarket and buying into uh, brick-and-mortar stores and trying to transform those offline stores to the so-called omnichannel retail model. And in this kind of scenario where retailers want to give, give consumers the convenience and, and smoothness in terms of shopping, I can see how Bosa Nova's robots would be valuable in this transition in how people shop. And I'm, I won't be surprised if um, uh, dozens of Chinese companies suddenly come out with similar robots. Uh, let's see, in, in the next month or so, I'm sure there will be lots of copycats. If not already, there might be already, and I'm not aware. So if you do, please let me know. Now, moving on next to AI. Oh, this is a big one. The Chinese biggest artificial chip maker, Cabricon Technology Corp, has raised a Series B round. 
specific number, specific amount it raised did not uh, get disclosed to the public, but it's worth around several hundred millions of U.S. dollars. Investors are led by SDIC Venture Capital, which is a subsidiary of state-owned investment holding group, China Reform Holdings Group Limit, uh, Corp. Limited, and including also China state-owned capital venture investment fund and also its sub-fund, Guoxing Chili Fund. CICC Capital, CITIC Securities, Goldstone Investment Fund, TCL Capital, which is a Chinese Academy of Sciences fund, and in existing investors, including, including Alibaba Innovation Ventures, also participated in the round. Cabrucon is, of course, uh, founded by a team that came out from the Chinese Academy of Sciences, of Science, and um, its investors are all state-backed, central government-backed fund. Of course, China is now trying to ramp up its AI chip sector. And uh, Capricorn is uh, viewed as a potential champion in, in this sector. And it's no surprise that uh, all state-owned or state funds are, are giving uh, backing this company. Um, the valuation is also very interesting. Post-money for Capricorn after this round is $2.5 billion U.S. dollars. And when you think about the kind of valuation, $2.5 billion, and when you think about the fact the company was founded in 2016, just about uh, two years ago, it's also uh, mind-blowing. <laughs> two years, a valuation reaching $2.5 billion, I guess it's not the, the fastest in terms of the, the growth of valuation of private tech companies in China. But... Uh, AI chip sector hasn't been a sector that has uh, that, that has really proved itself in China. I guess that will change in the future. Now with so much focus on AI chips, and previously we've covered how the world's biggest two Bitcoin mining machine makers are also turning into um, AI chip manufacturing. So this sector should have a lot of activities and a lot of news going on. Um, just a little bit back background on Capricorn. It was founded in 2016 by Mr. Chen Tianshi, a professor at the Institute of Computing Technology at the Chinese Academy of Sciences. In 2016, the company launched a processor named Capricorn 1A, which it claims to be the world's first commercial chip for deep learning. The product can be applied in a number of fields, including smartphones, security, uh, drones, wearable devices, and autonomous driving. In May this year, the company un unveiled two products, a cloud-based smart chip, Capricorn MLU100, and a new version of its AI processor IP product, Capricorn 1M. MLU100 can deal with sound, image, and natural language processing. And last year in August, Capricorn raised 100 million U.S. dollar in a Series A round led by SDI Changyi Investment Management, who is a subsidiary of State Development and Investment Corp, and participated by Alibaba Innovation Ventures, Nelovo Capital, and Chinese big data firm Turin Technology and other investors. Uh, 
very interesting company to watch. And we, as uh, as I uh, explained last um, last podcast, we were doing the China AI top fifty list, and we're for sure uh, going to cover more of, about this company. Uh, in our study and investigation of the industry. So please stay tuned. Another interesting news on AI, the Beijing subway system plans to introduce bio-recognition technology this year to reduce heavy passenger flow that sometimes leads to kilometers of long lines outside the busy stations. A senior manager at Beijing subway told China Daily that two bio-recognition technologies, including facial recognition and palm touch, are being considered. Facial recognition technology can track passenger movements with cameras connected to online networks that recognize passengers who enter the station. The technology potentially allows passengers to bypass traditional ticketing, but how passengers will pay for tickets remain an an unsolved issue. Starting in April, passengers in Beijing subway was able to use mobile QR codes in mobile payment platforms, including WeChat Pay, Alipay, rather than queuing to buy their tickets. The usage of one-way tickets reduced about 20% to 6,000, oh, 600,000 from 800,000 after the introduction of QR codes. In Shanghai, passengers can swipe their hands to enter the stations. The hand images can be compared with records in the subway system database within seconds in order to allow those who have proper tickets to enter the station. Facial recognition is widely applied in public service in China. Police in Shenzhen installed AI cameras to identify and single out jaywalkers for fines. And also patrol officers in the city of Zhongzhou used facial recognition sunglasses to spot criminal suspects during the busy Chinese New Year travel season. That's the major news for AI. Now let's move on to the next sector, consumer. Tencent is rumored to be participating in the 150 million US dollar investment in Indian baby care retailer First Cry. Chinese social media giant Tencent Holdings Limited is in talks to participate in the 100 million US dollar to 150 million US dollar investment in Indian baby care retailer First Cry. Singaporean Investment firm Tamasak Holdings and other Chinese investment firms whose identity are not disclosed are also in talks with First Cry to participate in this deal. The news came a week after Tencent's rival Alibaba Group made a strategic investment to acquire 10% stake in Chinese pregnancy and parenting online portal and e-commerce platform Babytree Inc. The deal valued Babytree at 2.8%. 2 billion US dollars. Founded in 2010, First Cry has more than 300 stores. It has raised more than 100 million US dollars from investors, including IDG Ventures India, New Enterprise Associates, SAIF Partners, and Indian conglomerate Mahindra Group. In 2017, the company reported revenues of 35 million US dollars and net loss of 57.6 million US dollars. Another major deal that happened this week in the 
consumer space is Google that invested 550 million U.S. dollars in cash in China's second largest e-retailer, JD.com. This is part of a strategic partnership between the two companies, and the deal marks JD.com's latest globalization efforts to rival Alibaba Group Holdings and Amazon.com. In February, CEO Richard Liu of JD.com said,、uh, announced plans to invest at least one billion euro to build a logistics network in France. In April, JD.com launched its Spanish website, JoyBuy.es, to target 400 million Spanish-speaking users. And last year, the company formed a joint venture with top Thai retailer Central Group to expand in Southeast Asia. It also Co-led a Series C round in Vietnamese e-commerce platform Tiki, and invested f- around 400 million US dollars in London-based luxury fashion online retail platform Farfetch to become its largest shareholder. So lots of globalization efforts on part of JD.com. Competition between JD.com and Alibaba is intense, and no doubt both of them are making deals like crazy. For JD.com, secure the investment from Google is a big, big win for the company, and particularly when you think about as part of the strategic partnership between the two companies, Google and JD will collaborate on a number of strategic initiatives, including joint development of retail solutions in a range of regions around the world, including Southeast Asia, the U.S., and Europe. JD also plans to make a selection of high-quality products available for sale through Google Shipping in multiple regions. We had another article that、uh, provided a little bit、um, uh, viewpoints of this deal. Some of the、uh, interesting viewpoints from、uh, Chinese ex- experts include Wei、uh, Wei Huhui, who is a managing partner of SkyChi Ventures. He said that with the investment from Google, JD.com will undoubtedly make better use of Google's current online traffic to compete with e-commerce giants like Amazon and Alibaba. And、um, JD.com and Amazon have similar business models, different from Alibaba, which provides a platform where buyers and sellers connect. Amazon has made great investment in search engine ads and has placed more than five point. Eight million keyword ads on Google AdWords, Bing, and Yahoo. The number of its ads exceed six million. This also means that Amazon depends on Google to some extent. And during the first quarter, Google's smart speaker, Google Home and Home Mini, sold 3.2 million units, surpassing Amazon's 2.5 million. It reversed the sales ranking for the first time for smart speakers in the U.S. Shopping is one of the key feature functions for smart speakers. So, with Google's selling more of the smart speakers, its investment in JD.com is perhaps preparing for the future possibility that Google's smart speaker providing that voice-generated shopping orders of on its smart speakers and having JD.com as a partner、um, that's very strong in supply chain and logistics. Will be very beneficial for Google in in its own effort of of of、uh, its foray into retail、uh, through different means.、Um, so, another interesting world points from the experts include、um, 
for Google, the 550 million investment is not a big investment. Um, the comp- Google is only taking less than 1% of JD.com. However, Google's market value was surpassed by Amazon last year. And as the proportion of searching and discovering products via search engines has been declining, so Google strategically needs to join forces with mature e-commerce companies like JD.com to compete with Amazon. And Google, of course, as we all know, is unable to enter the Chinese market because of policy reasons, government reasons. Maybe we can view this deal as uh, some providing some sort of entry point for Google to, to, to come back to the Chinese market. But, but of course, there have been other... Um, indirect market access by Google in China already, but this could provide additional uh, entry point back into the Chinese market. Now, move on to entertainment. Legend Capital, a Beijing-based asset management firm, and Zhongtai Chuanghui uh, and Suzhou-based uh, Guochuan Kaiyuan Fund have led a 154 million US dollar funding round in Taihe Music Group. Beijing-based Taihe Music Group is a music service provider in China. It owns and operates nine music labels and has one of the largest Chinese music catalogs via full ownership or distribution deals. It claims to own about 70% of the live music performance market in China. In 2015, Taiho Music merged with Baidu Music in a deal that did not disclose any financial details, and that deal came on the heels of a merger between Taiho Ray Music, Ocean Butterflies Music, and Touch Music Publishing to create Taiho Music. In March, Timothy Xu, former China CEO of Sony Music Entertainment, joined Taiho Music as its new president and CEO. Taiho Music's other investors include Chinese search engine giant Baidu Inc. and Shenzhen Holder Qianhai Fund Management Company Limited. Now moving on to the sector of mobility, Beijing Electric Vehicle Company, an EV subsidiary of the BAIC Group, also known as BJEV, and Canadian automotive supplier Magna International Inc. has have signed term sheets to set up two joint ventures for EV manufacturing and engineering. The engineering and manufacturing joint ventures are expected to take over an existing BAIC manufacturing facility in Zhenjiang, Jiangsu province in China, where the first production vehicles are planned for 2020. The plant has the capacity to build up to 180,000 vehicles per year. The joint ventures will also be set up to offer engineering and complete vehicle manufacturing capacities to other potential customers. In April, BAIC Group and Magna already announced that they will jointly develop a smart vehicle, uh, a smart EV architecture for the Chinese market. It is expected that this vehicle architecture will be transferred to the engineering JV and will form the platform of new EVs to be launched in the joint venture. Next, healthcare, another hot sector this week. 
Since time, a Chinese artificial intelligence unicorn worth 4.5 billion U.S. dollars has led a 75 million U.S. dollar Series B round in Chinese hospital Wi-Fi provider Helian Health. Hangzhou government-backed Wanxiang Investment and Hangzhou Lianchuan Investment Management also participated in the round. The round values the Wi-Fi operator at 900 million U.S. dollars. Since time has been ramping up its own investment portfolios, as the highest-valued private Chinese AI company just raised 620 million U.S. dollars in the new round last month to provide to bring its total fundraising to 1.6 billion in total. These investments will help the Chinese AI company to expand its business reach and ensure it stays on top of pioneer tech innovations. Founded in 2014, Hangzhou-based Helian Health provides Wi-Fi services at hospitals and online healthcare platforms serving patients and doctors in China. Its Wi-Fi network has covered more than 1,700 hospitals in 245 cities in China. It has two apps, one that allows healthcare professionals to store health records in the cloud, share case studies and take medical images, and another that allows companies to provide personalized health recommendations for their employees. Since time focuses on computer vision and deep learning technologies, it also specializes in medical imaging to produce visual representations of the insides of human bodies for diagnosis, uh, diagnosis purposes. In May, since time raised, um, just raised 600 20 million Series C plus round led by Fidelity International, Hope Capital, Silver Lake, and Tiger Global. Oh, international and US dollar fund. That's a sign of um, strength for tech startup, startups in China. Um, back to Helian Health, the company last raised 60 million on RMB in the Series A round uh, in October 2017. Again, in healthcare, Chinese biotech firm Alpha Biopharma said it has completed the 37 million U.S. dollar round. Um, uh, uh, so I'm sorry, a 37 million uh, portion of its 65 million Series A round, led by Qiming Venture Partners, Shanghai-based Life Sciences Investment Fund (TF Capital) and Healthcare Investment Management Group (LVZZ Capital Advisors) also participated in the round. Alpha Bio is a clinical stage company focused on research and development of innovative therapeutics. Alpha Bio's lead product, AZD3759, is a small molecular tyrosine kinases inhibitor. It's called a TKI, whatever that is. It is specifically designed to treat epidermal growth factor receptor mutation-positive non-small cell lung cancer come patients with central nervous system metas- uh, metastasis. Wow, that was difficult. <laughs> um, well, all we need to know is that this is a biopharma company that just raised... 37 million for a planned 65 million Series A round. And this round is led by Qiming Ventures, of course. 
a VC fund that has a major focus on healthcare in China and has invested in a lot of good healthcare companies in the Chinese markets. Another healthcare news, a unit of Chinese investment firm City Capital Holdings has offered to buy Nasdaq-listed biotech firm China Biologics Products Holdings for 3.65 billion U.S. dollars. The unit, CCRE, offered 110 U.S. dollars in cash for each share of the company. With 33.2 million shares outstanding, the transaction is worth around 3.65 billion dollars. With the Hong Kong Stock Exchange and Chinese domestic regulators implementing drastic changes to IPO policies to attract the so-called new economy companies to list in the greater China region, companies like China Biologic could have a much better investor reception and higher valuations if listed on Chinese stock exchanges. Of course, we know that Hong Kong has a new listing rules and welcome biotech companies to, to list in its exchanges. And now is a great time. And for China, new economy companies, uh, just like this biotech company, is welcome as well. And they have green light from, from the regulators. They don't have to wait in the queue where hundreds of companies are waiting to be reviewed and approved by the Chinese securities, securities regulators to list. They can bypass that and list directly. So lots of good things for companies to you know, come back to the Chinese market, e either in Hong Kong or Asia, to list, to IPO. Not sure if that's a plan, perhaps that is, but the, the company, has uh, City Capital, has, has made this offer and will be closely tracking what's going to happen next for this deal. A little bit more background on the company. It was founded in 2002. It's Beijing-based. It focuses on plasma collection, research, and development, manufacturing, and commercialization of human plasma-based biopharmaceutical products. In 2017, the company booked revenue of 370 million U.S. dollars and net income of 82 million U.S. dollars. That's all for healthcare. Moving on to fintech, Sequoia Capital China has joined Singapore Sovereign Wealth Fund. GIC to invest 40 million US dollars in Viva Republica, Korea's fintech startup and maker of financial services app TOS. With the new round, the company's total amount of fundraising has reached 116 million US dollars. Started as a P2P money transfer service in 2015, TOS has now expanded into a platform providing a full suite of financial services. Beyond money transfers, the platform also provides services including credit score management, customized loan and insurance plans, as well as multiple investment services. The company has more than 8 million registered users, a customer base that has nearly doubled from a year ago. TOS is expected to proceed process over 17 billion US dollars in transaction run rate and has a total trackable monthly transaction volume of about 10 billion US dollars. Now, some blockchain news. Experts are predicting that many small crypto exchanges will shut down soon. That is, of course, partially because there are so many projects and not all of them are going to succeed statistically and also because of the dominance of major exchanges in their position and dominance in the crypto exchanges market. 
A report by Chinese blockchain news portal 8BTC.com shows that the top 14 crypto exchanges ranked by daily transaction volume account for 73% of total transaction volume globally, or in total. Around 170 crypto exchanges only account for 27% of the total transaction volume. So this is making it extremely challenging for small crypto exchanges to sustain safe uh, safe operations and scale. The industry, of course, faced challenges of security and fraud and um, all kinds of um, um, sometimes uh, outright uh, cheating on the part of uh, projects. One week ago, crypto trading platform X declared bankruptcy due to investor divestment and being unable to meet most of its miners' requests. The Bitstamp Exchange of South Korea issued an announcement saying that due to growing security concerns, the platform has temporarily suspended recharging and withdrawal of coins. And another South Korean exchange, Ubit Exchange, has been hacked and has declared its project a failure. Uh, In China, even though Chinese central bank released rules to ban initial coin offerings and prohibit crypto exchange platforms from providing exchange services, Last September, still many Chinese teams have continued to start new crypto exchanges targeting Chinese users with registration addresses out of China and mostly in Singapore. And fraud, of course, has been rampant in the Chinese crypto world, especially in the crypto exchange projects. A recent case is Singapore registered digital currency trading platform 86BEX, which is started by a Chinese team. It terminate, terminated its project after launching just one week earlier. And uh, now all the teams are gone. Nobody can contact them. And investors have no way of recourse. But um, another uh, perhaps more positive news in the area of blockchain is, well, I'm not sure if this is more positive because we have done a little bit of research and uh, we saw this news that a blockchain-based right-hailing project is raising uh, some capital from a fund called Grand Shore Global Blockchain 10 Billion Innovation Fund. So we check out both of them. The fund called Grand Shore Global Blockchain 10 Billion Innovation Fund is a new investment firm founded two months ago by one Chinese entrepreneur and another ex-Alibaba employee. The fund has no official website. Very little information is available about the fund. Only a, a couple of um, paid articles on Chinese uh, language media portals. And um, the, the main founder, very little information on this person, where he's from, where he worked before, what kind of experience he has. And another M- Alibaba employee has um, suspicion, well, it's unclear. We can't find much information about this person, even though he claims to have worked at uh, the MNA department and Alibaba. But there really is no official uh, recognition of his engagement at Alibaba and what kind of role he held. Is it senior, junior, or if he really worked there, or which department and in what kind of position, or in kind of what kind of arrangement? Is it temporary? Is it long term? For how long? We have no idea. But this fund was launched uh, just two months ago, supposedly. It has backing of the Hangzhou government, but there's no proof of that. All we have 
are a couple of obviously paid articles on Chinese um, media portals that that can just accept money to publish anything. Therefore, we're also highly suspicious of this fund as well as this new blockchain-based rights-holding project called Chexiang Lian. Very little information about this project. Of course, nothing available. Don't know who's who's the team. Uh, don't know uh, what kind of plan they have. So this is very premature. But we covered it, uh, and we we made enough information disclosure in the article to to warn readers that we really don't know much about this fund or this project or the people behind them. But this is the nature of covering blockchain in China right now. There's so much information and we, we definitely check and make sure that the information we put out are information that we feel that's solid, that comes from a, a, a reputable source that we can confirm, verify, and double-check. But so you can just take this news uh, with a, perhaps with a grain of salt. Um, now, another blockchain-based right-hauling app that, that sounds perhaps a little bit more plausible and a little bit more uh, verifiable is previously covered that Kuai Dachu's founder, uh, Mr. Chen Weixing, has start, started and also named its blockchain right-hauling app called VVShare. So this project, at least we know the founder, is someone who has achieved certain success in, in entrepreneurship. And his team members are also uh, strong from, from very reputable firms. And they're making progress in their blockchain project uh, with, with some kind of planning and prediction of what's going to happen next. So this week, uh, Mr. Chen just named um, the blockchain project as VVShare. And uh, there are some talk of what it, uh, it plans to do. At this moment, it remains in the conceptual level. Uh, there are many things they want to do and want to achieve, but not sure specifically in terms of implementation, timetable. It's still very unclear. Okay, so let's move on to something much more solid, which is IPO. Everybody has been talking about Xiaomi's IPO and so much coverage and so, ma so many stories to follow. But the main point is that Xiaomi will uh, have to accept a lower valuation from previously at most thinking about 100 billion valuation to now perhaps as low as 55 billion uh, US dollars in valuation according to some reports that's, that's citing people close to the deal. But Xiaomi has set a price range of 17 to 22 Hong Kong dollars per share for its listing in Hong Kong. And uh, it also has decided to delay its CDR, which is China Depository Receipt Issuance, to a later stage. So... Uh, Xiaomi had done a roadshow yesterday on Thursday in Hong Kong with investors. And tomorrow on Saturday, Xiaomi is uh, holding a press conference where, which I'm going to go. Uh, so we'll see Mr. Lei Jun and we'll hopefully 
got to ask some questions and learn more about this IPO. And it's interesting because on yesterday's roadshow of Xiaomi in Hong Kong, Leiju supposedly said that Xiaomi's valuation uh, should be Tencent multiplied by Apple. And of course, the, the sticky point of Xiaomi's IPO is how should you value this company? Is it a hardware company? Is it an internet company? And of course, Leijun wants, wants it to be an internet company and wants to be a fast-growing uh, internet company, Tencent multiplied by Apple. And um, um, of, of course, every company is the baby of the founder and they, they can't think of... Um, they, they love their baby naturally. Um, so it will depends on the investors' receptions and if investors will be willing to accept uh, such kind of valuation method. We'll learn more and for sure we'll update you with some fresh articles. I think that's... Oh, um, we have one more news on the... Um, on a very interesting topic as well, which is the Chinese company's over, uh, foreign direct investment in the U.S. dropped 92% during the first half of this year in the U.S. So Chinese company only completed $1.8 billion of acquisition and greenfield investments in the United States in the first five months this year. Sorry, so, so the first five months, not first half, representing a 92% drop from the same period in 2017. And it's the lowest half-year fig, uh, lowest figure in seven years. This is according to research from Rhodium Group. The report said the number of transactions has also significantly declined. China completed 39 transactions in the first half of 2018, compared with 69 in the second half of 2017, and by annual average of 40, 84 since 2014. Under the Trump administration. The Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States has tightened scrutiny over Chinese acquisitions in the U.S. China Money Network has reported four failed acquisitions this year. This included Alibaba's financial affiliate and financials merger with MoneyGram, China Hubei Xinyan Equity Investment Partners, 580 million U.S. dollar merger with American semiconductor and electronics manufacturer Xara Corp., and Chinese heavy-duty commercial vehicle manufacturer CNHTC's 28.3 million acquisition of Colorado-based developer and manufacturer of electric motors, UQM Technologies, and also HNA Group's investment in hedge fund Skybridge Capital. Um, meanwhile, Chinese conglomerates are selling off their overseas assets to reduce debt. Chinese investors sold 9.6 billion U.S. dollars of U.S. US assets in the first half, five months of 2018. With the divestiture, China's net U.S. direct investment is negative 7.8 billion during the first five months. All right, I think that's all for this week in terms of the important news in the Chinese venture and technology sector. I hope you find it helpful and I'm having so much fun reading and uh, doing this podcast. If you do find it helpful, so please help me and help China Money Network to spread the word. Give us a rating. I saw our rating has 
increased a lot. So thank you for those who have given us a rating. Just move your finger, one click,、um, and thank you for that so much. But if you haven't done so, and if you really think it's valuable, so please just move your finger one inch and give us、uh, a star. Or well, not one star. One star is bad.、Uh, five star is good. Four star is good.、Um, but of course, depends you depends on how you. Uh, assess the quality of this podcast and how useful it is. Just giving the star would be really helpful. And if you have time, write a review so that other people can find this podcast. Please have a good weekend. Stay tuned. <laughs>